0: Parenting young children, welcome to a podcast where real parents share funny stories, needed venting and life-saving tips. My name is Caleb Howard and today's topic is bad dreams, fears and nightmares and I'll be joined today by Joel and Sophia Howard. Are your kids ever afraid or have bad dreams? If so, you're not alone. Stay tuned to hear us share real life struggles and some tips we've learned along the way including the songs we sing, ways to pray and things to keep in mind when helping young kids with fears and nightmares. You are an irreplaceable gift to your children, and what you do to love and lead them every day is so significant. We're glad you're listening, and invite you to get involved in our parenting community by commenting, sending questions, and adding your tips to these significant discussions. Well, Joel and Sophia, we are so happy to have you on the podcast. Could you guys uh, say hello and introduce your kids to us?
1: I'm Joel, and this is my wife, Sophia.
2: Hello. We have three kids, um, a four-year-old, Savannah, soon-to-be three-year-old, Alethea, and five-month-old, Nakoa.
0: Wonderful. And uh, just as a way to get to know your family a little bit, um, when you guys are having fun, laughing, like recently in this uh, stage of your Mm -hmm. life, what are some of the things that you guys
1: might be doing? Lots of jumping on each other. (laughs) Yeah. When I'm laying on the couch. Wrestling daddy. Children will jump on me and want to be tickled. They like to watch shows and movies. Whenever I say, what do you want to do tonight? It's always movie night. They always want to have a movie night.
2: (laughs) Anything else, honey? We go to the mall play place a lot.
0: And Joel was saying, uh, if the family's having fun, they're probably jumping on each other. Um, This in my household happens. um, And (laughs) sometimes, like... I won't see it coming, and Bethany, particular, in particular, her jump is like um, it's like a knees first, like um, <laughs> jumping as high as she can, and she seems to always find like that diaphragm area where if I'm not like ready, it's just, like <laughs> almost a- knocks the wind out of me. And I'm, like, I'm not. Before you jump, you gotta tell me those kind of things. Like maybe your kids aren't big enough to have that kind of impact on your diaphragm, well, I'm but it does.
2: Yeah, especially, the other day, you, yeah, you hurt her. your back, right? And he was on the floor stretching her back, and she just assumed that he was on the floor to play. And she came over and tackled you really, was like, oh! <laughs> <laughs> scared her. She was like, oh, "Yes, sorry. Yes. I like, hurt oh, my back.
1: They love to hop on pop, that's yeah. for sure. Well,
0: um... We are going to be talking about nighttime kinds of things and dreams. Um, Before we get into some of that, could you guys tell us a little bit, like, if it's, like, a normal night, um, what are some of the things, like, maybe a little after dinner that you start doing to start getting your family ready for a bedtime routine? Talk us through, like, what a a normal night might be like for that.
2: We usually split up a little bit because I'll put the baby down goes first. These days, our kids have been, like, bucking naps. So, at least Alethea, and she can't make it all day, she falls asleep in the car, but it's kind of worked out where we can stagger them all before they go to bed. So the baby goes to bed first, I nurse him and put him to bed, and then Aletheia gets ready for bed after dinner. We kind of give them a heads up that they have so many more minutes to play. And then she gets her teeth brushed, pajamas on, usually Joel will sing to her a bunch and do Bible story and stuff, and then she goes down, and then we get to play with Savannah. And do kind of the same routine. At least that's the last couple nights. Tonight, they both went to bed early because they did not take naps, either of them. So they were really tired.
0: Oh, my goodness. I remember that, like, uh, when they first start skipping their nap during the day. And, like, we loved that nap time so much because it breaks up the yeah, day. And, like, it's and a then. break. So like we're like holding on to it like please like fall asleep like you can do it you can <laughs> and it's like at the stage like if they get the nap it really helps them but like sometimes they won't do it and then it's like once dinner time rolls around you can tell yeah. like, the effects of like ah
2: oh, mm, it's crazy yep and so they can't Alethea especially cannot hang but she refuses to take a nap so she falls asleep every time like the last twenty minutes were in the car on the way home from Bridgeton. And cries the whole way through dinner. (laughs) Yep. And then starts to cry and then goes to bed.
1: I try to connect with each of my kids um, by giving space to talk to them. Uh, A lot of times it looks like a Bible story or just a library book. Um, Just to connect with them at a certain level. Hear their concerns. Um, I find that they fall asleep quicker. After they've talked their day through. So if yeah. I just throw them into bed, say be quiet, they'll talk for 25 minutes in bed. Mm. So instead, if I can carve out 25 minutes to talk before bed, and then a lot of times they're quiet, and they go right to sleep. Mm. So when they process their day, yes. express their fears, cry about whatever they need to cry about, listen, you know prayed, sang songs. Don't so. be silly long enough.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tickle so. them a bunch and
1: then they're good. <laughs> That's
0: really interesting. So, like, letting them letting them, just sort of have a space to talk about what they've experienced, some of the feelings that they've had. You find that, like, after maybe carving out that 15, 20 minutes, it helps, like, yeah. just sort of, like, they're not as keyed up, just, like, yeah. more willing to just, I don't know, maybe would you say, like, they find a little bit more of a peaceful spot after they've had that like face-to-face like processing.
2: Yeah, definitely. Especially Savannah, because she processes so much, I think, right before she goes to sleep that if we don't, she calls us in there five times to tell us little things anyway, and it's usually like, I lost my bracelet. <laughs> You're like, mm. okay, we'll talk about it in the morning, but if we give her a few minutes to just talk about do you have any questions, do you want to talk about anything, and then like, okay, we're going to bed now, then it's less likely to happen that we have to go in there a bunch
0: And when you carve out that space, is it like sort of hard to do that? Do you feel like you have other things like pressing, like it's hard to carve that time out or do you feel like tired yourself? Like is it you have to really motivate yourself to um, have that space for them or do you find that pretty easy to do?
2: Definitely depends on the night sometimes, at least for me. Mm -hmm. I think the way it's kind of worked out with it being staggered now, it makes the day feel longer or the bedtime routine feel longer, but it also feels easier because before when we were, like, simultaneously putting them both together to bed and they share a room and they're on two different wavelengths, like, one would be more tired than the other, then, like, Alethe would be jumping in her bed and keeping Savannah awake and then trying to process with one. It was a little bit crazier and more tiring. And harder to give them space while putting them to bed together. So I think the way it's worked out is nicer. But it's still, yeah, it depends on mm-hmm. how tired we are. But I think Joel does better with it. So sometimes we just take turns, like, whoever's got the most energy. Like, do you want to do the bedtime thing?
1: There are certain nights we're out late. Like, we're out till 8 o'clock, and their bedtime is 7.30 at the latest. And we just brush their T and teeth and put them right to bed and usually because they're tired they go right to sleep um so that's the exception to the routine you know is if we're coming home late usually but we're pretty good about finding some kind of connection time before bed yeah between the two of us just
2: taking turns yeah or both taking one of them
0: so i'm just really curious um um just to maybe hear a little couple stories of uh, have there been times where in the in the middle of the night uh, or as they're falling asleep any stories that you could tell of like a time that they've maybe been like nervous or afraid or like had any dreams Um, you know all of us parents of young children like it's sort of like a big topic you know like in the middle of the night fears and I'm just uh, really excited that we get a chance on this podcast to hear a little bit of your story, and so would you? Would you have us a, a story or two that you could tell of like one or a couple of your kids that have had some times of anxiety or fear in the nighttime?
1: Why don't you tell Savannah and I'll tell Lakeview. I was
2: going to say, we can
1: do Lakeview first. Well, Sophia will tell you about Savannah's uh, dream life and night seasons. Alethia is our two-year-old. She'll be three in two weeks from today. And she's afraid of thunder and lightning. And And I will tell you and and of the dark. She has her routine. She wants the door cracked six inches every night. Turn the nightlight on. That's what she'll tell me when I go in there. Even if I go in there to check on them, she'll remind me Daddy, please open the door a little Lights off, she wants the light on. I remember one thunderstorm a couple months ago where it was thundering and lightning. It
2: was a pretty big storm, yeah. Bad.
1: It was a bad thunderstorm. And when we went to bed, I felt this, uh, I felt challenged. I felt uh, like I needed to pay attention to my girls in their room. We don't have a monitor in our room to hear the girls, because they're right across the hall. And typically, if they scream or cry or they're loud, we can hear them.
2: But we have the sound machine from the baby, so that's why we haven't been hearing them as much.
1: Yes, we have a sound machine in our room, because our baby sleeps in our room. So I thought to myself, I want to make sure Alethea is not calling me. Because it was thundering, it was lightning, it was raining. And I went in there, it was about 11 o'clock, 11.30, and sure enough, she was quietly saying my name timidly kind of trembling a little bit and it was thundering, and it was lightning and she was saying daddy 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 and uh, but it was a little bit more scared than that I could tell she was afraid it was a big storm so I picked her up and uh, I just felt like it was kind of a defining moment for me as a father Um, I want my kids to grow up remembering that their dad held them in a storm I want them to remember that they were not left alone scared. And I just knew this was a moment for me to go ahead and do that, so I held Alethea for about half an hour. Savannah slept through the storm, so she didn't have a problem. But it was loud, it was loud, it lit up the room, the lightning, the rain was hitting the window, and she was awake for about 20 minutes while I held her, and then she was half asleep for the last 10 minutes. And we sang, and I held her, I I squeezed her tight, I swayed back and forth and I felt like that was a defining moment uh, for me, with, for Aletheia in, in her development of a sense of safety, a sense of home, a sense that her father takes care of her, um, a concept that hopefully she'll be able to transfer on to God the older she gets, you know, um, my daddy takes care of me and she'll be able to say my heavenly father takes care of me. Um, So that was one defining moment. That was a couple months ago. We haven't had many thunderstorms since.
2: So we'll see how it goes in the future.
1: It's almost like the goal is not to take away the fear. My goal isn't to take away her fear. um, Because we're all afraid. I'll be 35 this year and I, I get afraid daily. But my goal is to exemplify the characteristics and attributes of God to my young children. I want to be there for them in an incarnational way at their point of fear because fears, I'll be 85 and I'll be afraid. So I'm not trying to take away the the emotion of fear from my kids, but I'm trying to be present with them like Christ was present with his disciples and with the people in his life, in his ministry, and like God is present with me. Mm -hmm. So I'm trying to show her that with my actions.
0: Mm-hmm. so the storm is happening lightning thunder interesting that you know you couldn't quite hear like her, her calls yeah. in the middle of that but you like sensed like yep. you sensed I yes. want to check on them I think that's really that's a really interesting point like um, so they're in bed and it's not like okay they're in bed they're, they're sleeping I'm just gonna uh, it's like you were, you were sort of like present with them, like, you know, thinking of them and then just also like sensitive, like, you know, w- Holy spirit, like, what are you sort of feeling about this time? So I think that's, that's just really what a gift that they have in you of just just being mindful, like, how can I care now or what? Just sort of like thinking about that. Cause I don't know. So, at least myself, like, when it's those nighttime things, I'm sort of like, okay, this pillow feels really nice right yeah. now. <laughs> <laughs> or, like, I've been so tired. I, I think
1: I actually laid in bed for about yeah. five minutes, and I could not rest. I just knew I needed to check on them. Just knew it, yeah.
0: And so you were sensitive to that, yeah, and one of the things that you're feeling is, like, all right, so I'm not going to just, like, tell them to shut up about their fears. <laughs> like, you know, don't... Oh, it's nothing, you know? What do you think? Like, you know, it's going to come... No, like, you want to be, like, holding them, present with them, Mm -hmm. close, daddy's right here, you know, and, and in that way, just sort of introducing them to what they can expect out of their heavenly father when they have fears when they're 35, or when they're 60 years old. I think I know a little bit about my Heavenly Father because my dad, in the middle of these times that were hard for me, held me and was close. That just seems so significant. Anything you wanted to add about that? or
1: um, These moments not only shape my kids, I think they are also prayer moments for me, and they shape who my image of my father. So when I'm holding her, she may not remember that moment ever when she's older. But I will, and it will never be erased. It was like, God didn't let me go to bed for her sake, but also for my sake, so that I could remember, you know, the embrace of my father. It was like, you know, just like in the storybooks, you know, there's thunder, there's lightning, and the daddy comes and holds a kid. So it spoke to me as much as it probably spoke to her. So that's, you know, showing up in the the fears and and the... Scary moments in our kids can also be a mo- a moment for our Heavenly Father to remind us mm-hmm. what He does for us. That's what is definitely for me, too. So
0: thanks so much for being willing to just yeah. put that into words. That sounds so significant. Mm-hmm. You're welcome. So, Sophia, um, where are you? Are you on? for talking about um savannah now um yeah. do you want to transition to that or feel free to just say anything you wanted to say about what joel, what joel was saying too or sure. wh- whichever
2: i can talk about savannah i think we were noticing even just before we did this like the differences in the two girls that Alethea tends to be when it's like fears or nightmares she at least so far like she doesn't really ever tell us that she had nightmares necessarily, but she tends to be a little bit more afraid of stuff like the dark and thunderstorms, whereas Savannah isn't really swayed by those kind of things, but she does have a lot of dreams, and she remembers them in detail. Like, she has a crazy memory. So that's something. She hasn't had any for like a little bit of a season, but there was a season there where she was having them like every night these nightmares and stuff where she was afraid to go to bed when she was littler she would wake up swearing that there was like a monkey in her room. Remember that? Yes. Every night there's a monkey in my room and she would like wake up like half asleep saying that there's a monkey in her room and she's waking up a couple times like that too just kind of like I think there what would she say the other day? She woke up crawling on the floor <laughs> saying that there was like ants in her room and she was like trying to kill ants so some of it I think is like sleepwalking and stuff but then some of it is scary for her so during that time when she kept having dreams and stuff we would sing the when I am afraid song and she knows it by heart now so sometimes when she tells me she has a bad dream and I go and put her back to bed she just automatically starts kind of singing it until she falls asleep Mm -hmm. but um with her it's interesting and we've like felt the need to kind of Like I have her tell me her dreams because at first she would have a bad dream and then say, I don't want to talk about it. And I'd say, well, why do you want to talk about it? She's like, because I don't want to think about it anymore because it would really scared her. So we've gotten into a pattern though where I I let her say that, but then, you know, I kind of tried to encourage her like, you don't have to tell me right now, but I'd prefer it if you do tell me because I don't want you to just be spinning it in your like thinking about it all by yourself like all this time. So, and she would, and I would check in with her, do you want to tell me now? No, until she would tell me. And then she would tell me, and we'd make a big deal out of it, like, thank you so much for telling me, and we'd pray about it. And I told her, I said, when we pray about it, then we can ask Jesus to, like, help you to not think about that anymore. And I think one of the dreams that she had recently was about how we've been watching Moses videos and stuff, and she said that there was the bad guys from Moses who were trying to get her to sing a bad song about not obeying God and not obeying her parents. And Mm. it just seemed like a significant dream, too, to pay attention to because we've been, like, in a different level with her trying to teach her about her obedience with a good attitude and, like, all this long season from being two or whatever of obeying Mommy and Daddy. So then she said she was scared because there was bad guys in her dream but then she said but i didn't sing it i told them i would never sing that song Mm. so we kind of just praised that like her obedience even in her dream like Mm. that means that you're you know really learning and stuff Mm. and
0: beautiful
2: maybe that wasn't like i said i know it was a scary dream but it wasn't a bad dream like that was a good dream so like being when she tells us things i feel like we're able to like kind of highlight what's significant or, you know, sometimes it's just a scary, bad dream. And we usually, or I usually take her back to bed and I'll lay with her for a little bit and sing a song or something and pray with her and kind of just rub her back until she falls back to sleep. But yeah.
0: So that's so neat. And so, so your, your daughters sort of, when they have things at night going on a little bit different, like Alethea will have Maybe more fear of like stuff like dark, loud sounds, thunder. Yeah. But then the fears that Savannah might have are more like internal things that she'll think about, dream about, um, imagine, you know, those kinds of things.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, This is a little bit out of the box, but I find that when I um, am sharing with parents like we are on a podcast that... They'll be like, wow, that's really cool. But, um, like, so they'll say like um, that song that you mentioned, When I Am Afraid. They'll feel like, what is that song like? Can you? I I want to know the words. Mm-hmm. I want to know the tune. Because if that's something that you use, like, what what can I use? I don't know that song, or my parents never sung that to me. So I'm interested, um, would you guys, the three of us, be willing to just sing that out so that any listeners that feel like, oh, I would really like to be able to sing a song to my child um, when they're afraid that they could just sort of, like, memorize the song that we're singing? And then, and then the other thing um, that I was wondering if you'd be willing to do is... Again, like for just the practical specifics, like, so you say, you said that when Savannah was thinking of the thoughts or having the dreams, you would pray with her that she wouldn't be, she wouldn't think those thoughts anymore. Mm -hmm. Um, I wonder how many of us parents feel like I would like to pray with my kid, but how how do you pray with like, you know, a three-year-old? How do you pray with a five-year-old? How do you pray with a two-year-old? Mm-hmm. And I feel like uh, I was, would, would you guys, would you be willing to just sort of like, um, imagine that Savannah is here and you could just sort of pray over her with the words that you use. Would that be all right? Sure. So a little out of the box, but maybe the three of us could sing the song, When I Am Afraid. And then we could just have a moment where you would, um, sort of show us how, what it sounds like when you pray the sound of your voice, what words you use. Would that be alright? Sure. I'm going to make this move on. It's a good idea. All right. So let's sing the song. When I am afraid, I
1: will trust in you. I will trust in you. I will trust in you. When I am afraid, I will trust in you in god whose word i praise
0: when i am afraid i will trust
1: in you i will trust in you i will trust in you when i am afraid i will trust in you in god whose word i next part or no do you do the next part sometimes she just should we do it i don't know in god i trust when i am afraid in god i trust in god whose word i I will trust in you I will trust trust in you you. when I am afraid I will trust in you in God whose word I praise
0: so so can you pray now?
2: sure so when we pray with her or when I pray with her usually the reason I ask Jesus to help her not think of those things anymore. I usually ask her what she wants Jesus to do for her and that's what she said. is like, ask Jesus to help me not to think bad thoughts or you know yucky things anymore. So that's what we pray. And usually I, you know, it's in the dark or whatever so I get really close to her face and we ask and I remind her, I say, Jesus is always with you even when mommy and daddy are in the next room. And I pray for her and we say, you know, Jesus, please help Savannah, please help her thoughts, help her to think things about you and not her bad dream anymore. And sometimes she'll pray the same thing, too. And I just kind of remind her, it's usually just that simple. And we'll sing. And I just kind of keep reminding her, like, Jesus is with you. Jesus is with you. You know, you don't have to be afraid. And I've caught her sometimes when she's going to sleep that if she is afraid of something that she'll kind of... She knows... Like, just something simple that she can say, like, Jesus is with me. And that song, she can kind of sing for herself. And I try and help her, you know, be there for her, but then also have her participate as much as she can.
0: That's so significant. Thanks for being willing to do that. Yeah. Um... I just, since I know it will be probably useful for families that are listening, um, any other songs that you guys sing? Like, if uh, there's any, like, times of being afraid? Or, like, maybe songs on a CD that, like, you could mention what the CD is or what the artist so that if anyone wants to buy these, they can?
2: Um,
1: we have a select on. few songs that we tend to go to. There are not necessarily songs I can point to an album. Uh, One is the God is so good song. God is so good. God is so good. That one. Um, There's an older song that goes, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. There's just something. About that name Can we keep singing it for us? Master, Savior, Jesus, Like the fragrance And we have a point of contention because my wife sings a different length <laughs> tonight. So go ahead, honey. Yeah. take it Like away the, the fragrance, fragrance. Yeah. After, after
0: <laughs> the fragrance. Fragrance. I'm on the Sophia train on that one. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Come on. King,
2: oh, yeah. you gotta
1: sing oh, yeah. it. Kings and kingdoms, the I don't what, you start but there's there. something about that name. So I've been singing it wrong for three and a half, four, five years. For the record, doesn't matter. Right but yeah. listen, but, the yeah. name is there. So I'll just chime in
0: with a quick story about that. When my girls were infants um i that song would come to mind to sing so i would sing it and it would just keep coming to mind and keep and it was not like it's you know like you said it's a little bit of an older song like chorus and i would just wonder like why why does this keep coming to mind and i would sing it for months and months and months It would be part of like the regular thing that i would sing and then Um, one night I realized why the Lord wanted me to sing it because it was like when the girls were just starting to say words like they wouldn't string together like long sentences or whatever but our oldest had been disobeying in bed um, doing things that we didn't want her to do like maybe getting up or something like that and so we would have to come in and sort of like discipline her because she wasn't following our bedtime rules wasn't following our bedtime rules and she was feeling like since there's like the third time in one night that we were disciplining her about the same thing, and she was feeling like, oh, it's just like just feeling I, I, I'm at the end of my rope. Like I'm here that I'm supposed to obey, but I just feel like I can't. And um, we left and I, I think we said like, it's okay that obeying is sometimes hard. It's hard for Daddy. It's hard for mommy. and when we feel like we can't, we have help. We can ask Jesus for help, and um, so I was like, to m- my like one year old, you know, doesn't say much, but mm-hmm. I, in words that she could understand, I was like, just ask Jesus. And um, so we put her in her bed. We weren't really wanting to go back in for like the fourth discipline for the same infraction.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I was when we shut the door, we were. I was like on the other side of the door, just like like begging the Lord, like, Lord, could you just really help this to go well? Mm -hmm. And from through the door, I heard her say some of the words from that song. She said, Master, Savior, Jesus, help baby. And she just kept on saying it. (laughs) Master, Savior, Jesus, help baby, which is the exact Mm -hmm. words from that one of the songs. And when I heard her little one-year-old voice, like, saying, Master, Savior, Jesus, help baby... I just, then I I don't, I don't know if I was on my knees, but basically in my heart, I was like, Lord, hear her cry. You know, she's, she, she can't do this on her own. This is really hard. And then I was like, oh my goodness, maybe that's a little bit of why the Holy Spirit was sort of asking me to sing that song so much that it sort of became part of some of the vocabulary that she used when she was offering just like, a prayer like God I'm at the end of my rope I need your help and she used the words of the song that sang. so it seems like I don't know really yeah. really significant
1: other songs like songs that we sing at church there have been a couple of Savannah's favorites the always song which is a uh, oh, passionate yeah. song it's, and
2: that talks about fear oh my god he will not delay yeah
1: um it's Savannah bad. likes what a beautiful name my hell song um and some of the children's ministry songs, like, My God is So Big. There's several that we just always go back That's to. That's
0: interesting. So it makes me think that when a moment of fear comes, it's, like, not the first time that they're hearing the, these songs and this truth. Like, it's probably songs that you guys have danced to or played or sung to them, like, over and over again. So it seems like if, if we are just like any other families that have kids that have fears in the night one help one tool is things that you do during the day you know just like
2: Mm
0: -hmm. like prayers that you pray songs that you sing music that you have on in the car it seems like if we need some help or tools for dealing with some hard things in the night sometimes it's like the patterns or the rhythms or the habits that we have during the day that can then be some of the tools that we use to, um, sort of like stand up against some of this, like sometimes intimidating, harassing,
1: like scary thoughts. It's really neat. I share one thing with with that. Um, I like what you're saying about what you do in the day impacting their nighttime because, um, The comment I want to make is just the father's call in the home and the mother's call to be a prayer warrior over the home. There were nights um, back around Savannah having her nightmares and her bad dreams, marching around the home, you know, praying, um, looking up in scripture themes that she was dreaming about, certain areas or strongholds she was dreaming about, and then combating those in prayer. So the one comment I wanted to make is just um, the necessity of daytime prayer on the parent's part over nighttime issues. Um, And then by extension to that, I wanted to share just briefly, when I was a child, uh, toddler into my preschool and kindergarten, all those years, maybe first grade, um, I'm not sure when, I dealt with nightmares, and I still remember them. Um, I don't have them anymore, but I do remember what kind of nightmares they were. They were not normal nightmares. They were um, demonically influenced dreams, uh, terror, and um, not based on reality. And I remember... my parents calling on they were missionaries at the time and i remember them calling on some of their home churches that were supporting them financially and in prayer to kind of adopt me in prayer on this issue and i remember they they tell the story that one church in particular from the united states prayed for me and for my dreams and after a season i'm not sure how long it was because i was a child it broke and the dreams left, and I never had them again. And I'll be 35 next this month, and I have not had that level of, you know, dark, you know, hellish, demonic nightmares. And I'm not sure if there's anyone listening to the podcast who clicked on it because the dreams that your child is having are that serious in nature. And you, you hear us saying, well, sing this song... You know, cuddle with them, pray for them. That's good. Maybe you've tried that. I would want to make an extension to, you know, the parents call to pray, but also calling upon the body of Christ, calling upon the elders, for example, at our church, Pastor Diego would be a good person to go to. Um, Calling upon community to carry this burden with you in prayer. Because if there is something of a stronghold on a person's life, a child's life, I think it could even be a spouse, someone listening to this, your spouse has bad dreams. Or maybe you're listening to this and you have bad dreams. But I think you don't have to h- handle it as a household if it's too big for you to handle as a household. And my story points to the value of corporate intercession. Over a season of time, battling in prayer, to lift off uh, a burden that might be of the devil and not necessarily, you know, just a different, more lighter load of, of dreams. So I just wanted to share that.
0: Thanks, Joel. If, if there's someone listening to the podcast that, um, they're, child has had bad dreams sometimes repeated bad dreams sometimes they wake up crying sometimes they wake up screaming um ha- maybe maybe for the first time they thought like oh like some joel said that when he was young he had dreams that weren't just like you know based in reality or like some lighter load kinds of things but like demonic like hellish How would a mom or dad be able to know if what their kid was going through was something of a level of more like some spiritual like harassment kinds of things? How would you like help them know to discern? And maybe I should start by answering my own question really quick. I really liked what Joel said about just like if you're not sure or if you don't know, you don't have to figure it out by yourself. You don't have to walk through it by yourself. God has placed us in um, a, a church, you know, a body of believers that when we have questions, it's actually really good to get in the habit of saying, hey, I'm going through this like at home. I need some help. So even like if if like. You're not sure, just ask But anything you want to add to that, Joel or Sophia. Um,
2: yeah, I think asking is good. I think something that's helped us or I remember one dream that Savannah had that we like really prayed for her and prayed over her room and stuff just paying attention to like the language that she was using because part of it was like I was scared and then she was telling us what happened and she said that somebody in the dream she didn't know what she said it was just a voice I think even was telling her, like, you will not obey your parents and you will not obey God. And she was, like, scared by it. One, because she couldn't see who it was, and two, because they kept trying to tell her not to obey. And again, I think it was because she's been learning a lot about obeying, but even just that, like, I remember her saying, like, something really targeted or specific like that, like, "Do do not obey your parents, do not obey God, or something that sounded very, like... Yeah, that's not of God. It's of the enemy that would want to target her in her sleep and tell her, you're not going to obey. You know, like, some of it, I'm sure, is our sinful nature and the things that we think about, but at the same time, like, just very targeted. And I think there was more to it than that, but we kind of, like, picked up on that part of it and really prayed for her on our own after we had put her back to bed. And yeah kind of discerned that that was like the enemy trying to take advantage of her sleep you know to tell her she's not going to obey but yeah but I remember we really prayed over that and paid attention to like the language that she was using and even just the level of terror that she had about it like it was Mm -hmm. ambiguous it seemed dark it seemed like it wasn't, she wasn't really clear what was going on, but the phrases that she remembered were really clear, and that just seemed unique from like, I was scared that there was a dog chasing me, you know, which is what she says sometimes. It's like a scary situation, but not so like ambiguous and like to a different level. So, I, don't know if to say about
1: that. I like what you're saying, Sophia, because. I agree. The vocabulary that Savannah used when she described the dream is very telling. You know, it reveals her interpretation, her experience of the dream, and the content of the dream gets revealed when she remembers it and she says it. And using that in prayer, I think, is really important.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, I don't think I can emphasize enough by way of testimony that the dads of the home need to be covering every room of the house in prayer. If you look above Savannah and Aletheia's bedroom, you will see an oil stain above their room because I have gone through and I have anointed their doorpost with oil. I think of the Passover scriptures in, uh, in the Bible and the importance of being covered by the blood of Jesus. And you can casually talk about dreams. You can casually talk about your spiritual atmosphere of a home. Ultimately, the head of the home needs to go to bat for the family, place his stake in the ground, and mom, place her stake in the ground and say, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. When you look at the direction of Sophia and my home, Over the last two, three years, there were significant shifts in the God that we served versus the gods I used to serve or the gods we served as a family. And I'm not here to make connections between my daughter's dream life and the seasons we've lived in as a married couple. But if there is a father or a mother not walking with God and their daughter is having bad dreams, you may want to go ahead and address the immorality, the sin, the brokenness in the dad's life and in the mom's life. you know what I mean? Like start with the head and then as the father begins to turn to the Lord in areas of his life and pray for his home, you also want freedom for the children as well. But something tells me that if there's a father who's holding back something from God, who's living unholy life in a certain area, and it's willful, and, and, and the man knows that it needs to change, and then his kids are having bad dreams, there's more than one thing that needs to be addressed, I guess is what I'm saying. So there's just the trajectory of the home, and literally praying over the cribs, praying over the beds anointing them with oil, and I think that's where the elders can also come in to help, because we've had friends who've had their homes prayed over because of nightmares, and we've heard testimony of breakthrough as a result of elders, neighbors, friends coming and praying for them. So from what you're saying, I'm hearing like,
0: all right. so if your kids are dealing with some things, maybe just take a little assessment on Like what's going on in the dad's life and in his priorities and his like affections what he what he gives his time to and it and don't be surprised that if there are sometimes issues of fear in the home issues of like that your kids are going through it's it might not just be just this isolated thing that they're going through that if there's If the parents are maybe like on purpose disobeying God, they know what God wants them to do. But like um, through, you know, any different kind of way, just like on purpose disobeying what they know God wants them to do, that that can have an effect on the kids emotionally, that that can have an effect on the kids spiritually. And it can sort of like show itself sometimes even in like what happens at night and in dreams
1: and things like that. I think I agree I think what I was saying was in order for a dad to be in a place to pray freedom over his son's life his daughter's life he has to be the trajectory of his life has to be there I wouldn't want to instill in the listener whoever is listening like oh my gosh my kids' bad dreams are my fault necessarily because I think that could be dangerous for parents the guilt that they would carry um but I do think that in order for a parent to be in a place to pray in this direction, you know, I think that assessment is important. Really I think that assessment it's is important. so valuable. I wouldn't want condemnation to come over a parent saying, my kid's having a bad dream. What did I do wrong? You know, because I think that would also be, could also be of the evil one. Mm-hmm. So I want, you know, but it's just a trajectory of the, the parent's life, you know. So... Mm-hmm.
0: Sounds so valuable. Um, in a little bit, we're going to wrap up with a couple of things. But I think at this point, what I'd like to do is encourage anyone that's listening um, that I, I like what Joel's saying of just like reach out, um, find help, like um, friends, pastors, elders. And sometimes like at, if you go to Living Faith Alliance Church or Glastown, they have like times at the end of the service where you can come forward w- for prayer And sometimes they say, come forward for prayer if you like need prayer for this area, but that's also just a great time to find connection for like other things that you might be going through personally in your marriage or like with your kids or even issues like this, where you can just come forward and say, Hey, I know it's not quite related to like what the sermon was, but I'm really going through this. Could you point me in the right direction or could you pray for me? And those are great points of connection. Another couple other things is like on these podcasts, you can just sort of like leave questions, comments, like share your story, or um, if you haven't joined already, uh, if you go to lfachurch.org and click log in and go to groups, um, there is two groups for parents, uh, parents for of young children and parents of teens and preteens and um we have some of these topics posted on there so that like when you start hearing some of these things and you feel like wow i can really relate or that leads me to this question those are really appropriate things um to just post on there ask questions and we can interact about that or just reaching out i just really like the invitation to just connect with each other talk with each other ask questions share your story if you feel like you're going through something and and uh, you like, might not want to talk about it because you might feel like, am I the only one going through this? Or am I the only one that doesn't know how to help their kids through this? A lot of times you sharing that process can help so many people. So so that seems really significant. Um, Joel and Sophia, I just really want to thank you guys for what you're sharing. And before we um, wrap up, I just want to leave an open space for any other advice you'd want to give or thoughts that you'd want to share. About this topic, or you know,
1: really anything that's on your heart to share, I'd be open to offering a prayer uh, over the people listening and their families, over our church network on the topic. Would that be alright?
0: Would love it. On the other podcasts, um, we have prayed at the end too. So if you would just be willing to just give us the gift of praying over this theme over the households, I think that would be
1: a huge gift. Okay. So thank you. Yep. Let's pray. So, Abba, Father, we cry out to you tonight, and wherever the families are that are listening, and even those who don't listen, we ask for Living Faith, Christ Community, Bristian, and Glass Town, uh, over leaders, over families and children, over uh, widows and the elderly, and all households represented in our church network and even people listening that might not be a part of our church network. Father, I'm asking that uh, your will would be done in our families, in our households, and uh, that the, the peace of God would, uh, which transcends understanding uh, would cover us and guard us Guard us at night, guard us in the day, guard our, our getting up and our lying down. Um, I've read Psalm 139 and verse three says, you search out my path and my lying down. Father, you have a purpose for the night season, for children, for adults. You have a purpose for the night season. You call us to rest, to let go, and it's really the purpose behind the command to Sabbath is to let go and be the humans we are and allow God to be the God that He is. So Lord, would you redeem the night season in our midst? Would you redeem the the moments that we're sleeping and we're out of control in that sense? for our children, for our adults, for our leaders and pastors. Would you allow us to enter into a new season as a church network where sleeping, resting, Sabbathing would be holy unto you. God, would you redeem it? And we pray the blood of Jesus over the doorposts of every home every bedroom where the children are, Lord, would you visit them with the kiss of the father? Would you visit them with the word of Jesus? Would you visit them with the counsel of the Holy spirit? And even right now for the parent who's listening, who is out of control and doesn't know how to shield their children from this, would you extend your mighty hand and do awesome things once again in our families and in our homes? And let us see it. Let us see the result of your intervention in the sleep of our children, of our spouse, of our loved one. We pray these things in your name.